0: Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Father God, let that be our prayer. For this year that the Spirit lead us. And Lord, we know that the Spirit will always lead us to Jesus. So Lord God, what an appropriate prayer for each one of us. Lord God, let us pray that daily that we may never stray too far from the leading of the Spirit. Father, be glorified in this house today. It's so wonderful to be in Your house this morning. Lord, this season that, that we're in, that we're, that we're coming through, Lord God, what a special time that we can celebrate the birth of our Savior. Now we celebrate almost a new beginning with a new year. Though it's only a flip of the calendar, Lord God, help our hearts turn to You in a way where we desire freshness and we desire that opportunity that You want to place in each one of our lives. Jesus, be glorified. Help us this year to seek You even more, to go deeper with You even more. Lord God, we don't know how much time we have left. It doesn't really matter. Lord God, help us to live day to day, today, today, focused on You, prepared for You, watching for You, and in service of You. So Jesus, today as we worship, as we listen to Your Word, as we expand on Your truth, As we seek your face, Lord God, we just glorify you in this time. Jesus, we love you. We can't do it without you. We desire to have you at every moment, at every step. We pray this in your name, the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. You guys can grab a seat. How's everybody doing? How many of you guys stayed up till midnight last night? A few. Not a ton, but a few. That's all right. I didn't. It comes either way. I've I found that out over the years. Whether I'm up or not, it, it's still the next year always comes. Kids, do we have any kids today? We have a few. You guys can be dismissed um, if we have any. Um, they all stayed up to midnight. Now they're all sleeping in. It's all right. It's a new day. It's just weird. So I was telling somebody, it's just this year's weird having Christmas Day and New Year's Day on Sunday. It just changes everything. And, and for me, um, yes, we had Christmas Eve, but Christmas Eve was a different service, right? It was just a little bit different. Um, but it feels like I haven't been in church for a while. Does anybody else? Seems like I haven't been to church since last year. It's so weird. <laughs> but I also saw that, that Christmas and New Year's will not fall on a Sunday for another 11 years. So there's that. So um, it's it's all good. We'll just take it as it is. We don't have a ton going on with announcements. You guys can look at your bulletin and see what's going on. Um, start of a new year, of course, that means we'll have a... a annual business meeting coming up in February we have the last um, last Sundays will be the last Sunday of this month as well as February Um, so that's all good stuff plan that out we want connection we want we want you guys to be a part of what's going on in this church. Of course, giving, um, that never changes. we got four ways to give. Um, you can give online. You can text to give. You can use our app. Um, you can do giving boxes. You can do mail. If, if you wanted to have given more, I guess, in 2022, and you didn't get that done, you can just backdate your check. I think I think you can. Um, If you want it under, for tax purposes or whatever, if you want it under 2022, just write yesterday's date on it and it'll be fine. Um, We've done enough with nonprofit stuff. We know that that can always go to the prior year and all that. But if you've never given, start out 2023 with that mindset that, hey, I'm going to try this out and, and see what happens. And we know it's a form of worship and we know it's just a... It's a great thing. It's a great part of your life. It's a great habit to be in, but um, we need to treat it with excitement that we get to give. We don't have to give, um, but we get to give, and we do it because we want to. Amen? All right, well, let's just rock and roll. Let's just get moving on this message. Like I said um, before, I had no idea how this message was going to look um, today, and uh, that continued even this last week. Um, Usually I'm ahead of the game, and I kind of know where we're going. I had no idea where we were going on this one, so it'll be an adventure. It'll be fun for all of us, especially me today, so let's pray. Father, once again, thank you that we can be in your house today, Lord God. Open up our ears, open up our hearts for whatever you have for us to receive today, Lord God. We want we want to cling on to your word. We want to be led by your spirit. We don't want to just be here to be here and to just put in our time. But Lord God, move in us, change us, convict us, challenge us. Allow all of those things to flow into us. And Holy Spirit, help me to speak and articulate and say the things that you want me to say and, and not anything else. Lord God, I don't desire to have anything else but you. And, and once again, Lord, I pray that, that, Lord, don't let anybody leave here that same way that they walked in. That means we desire change. We are giving you permission to touch us in certain ways, to say certain things to us, to move us in certain ways, to convict us where we need conviction. To, to uh, Lord God, help our ideas and our mindset be focused on you so that, Lord God, when we leave here today, something has changed and something is different. We pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone once again said, amen well happy new year and and we made it right we made it we made it to new year's day and and uh, as we were worshiping I, I was thinking so sometimes random thoughts come into my mind and and this morning they sure did and i was thinking back to to the whole uh, remember the y2k thing <laughs> remember that it's like oh well is it midnight 12. One, everything's going to shut down. You won't be able to use your hair dryers because Y2K is coming and anything that runs on electricity, it's going to be dead. Remember all that fiasco and everybody was freaked out and they're trying to prepare and they're like, oh, we're going to have to get rid of all this stuff. And everybody bought generators. How many of you guys bought generators beforehand? The smart play was to buy them afterwards because our (laughs) market was flooded. With, with generators, and, and I don't know why I was thinking about that, but then it dawned on me that Y2K was almost a quarter century ago. I could say 23 years, but 23 years doesn't sound near as dramatic as saying a quarter century. <laughs> Wait, what? A quarter century? Um, crazy stuff, isn't it? Time, Time is just flying by. Right. It just seems like with everything going on in the world, things just speed up more and more and more. And maybe as you get older, the years go by faster and things. But there's so much that that consumes our attention. And and we look forward to things on a day-to-day basis. And we get to those things and we rush on to the next one. And everything's just firing at us so very, very quickly. And and, uh, sometimes I think God just says, hey, slow down just a little bit slow down just a little bit, live for today and, and look for my coming and all these different things. And that's where our focus probably needs to be. And we've made it through another year. And, you know, since I remember 2020 came around and before 2020 came around, people were saying, oh, just look at the, look at the number 2020. Our vision is going to be so clear. And 2020 and everybody had these great expectations for 2020 and then then 2020 actually hit and we know what happened and uh, The world changed right everything went went haywire and and uh, and we've still been really modifying our behavior even our our church Behavior a church attendance has been affected since 2020 and in uh, all sorts of different ways um, but we've made it through another year and and now we're living in year 2023. It's just so weird to, to say it and, and weird to look at it and uh, weird to believe that it's actually two years from 2025. That's just, it's just crazy. Um, but for us today here at, at, at Bridge, it's it's more than, than just flipping the calendar. It's more than just a new year because really here at Bridge, we've been engaged in this this prayer challenge, right? We, we started this, this bridge prayer challenge, and, uh, and the challenge was, was to fill out the, the card and to do something different in your prayer life. Maybe it was a, a time and just say, hey, I, my prayer life's not very, very big right now. There's not much to it, so I'm going to commit to praying 15 minutes a day. And that was the prayer challenge for some. And some people said, hey, I'm going to do an hour a day or 45 minutes or two hours or I'm going I'm to switch around my prayer life and it's going to look more like this or it's going to go go a little bit more deeper. But that was the intent of that challenge was to, to do something different in your prayer time. And if you remember... It was part of the, the series on uh, um, It's Time to Acts, and you know principles that we learned from the early church out of the book of Acts. And prayer was such an incredible part of they, their life, each and every one of them. So if you remember, this prayer challenge started seven weeks ago, and, and not by my over-organization or planning. Um, it just so happened that the Holy Spirit prompted me to do Prayer on that week, and then when I look back, I, I I found out to my delight and surprise that that our prayer challenge would last a week of weeks. It would it would last um, seven weeks, so 49 days, and and uh, we had 49 days to really grab on. And um, today. Yesterday was that 49th day. It was the, the, the 49th day of the week of weeks. So as the calendar flipped, um, we flipped over to day number 50. And that was exciting to me. And I don't know why, um, but I just felt like God was going to do things. I received a testimony um, a few days ago. And, I, and this one was, was quite powerful. And I wanted to read it um, because I think there's value in it for each and every one of us. Let me just read it. It says this, and it's. I'm not going to say whose it is. You'll just. You don't need to know that. Um, What you need to know is is the the testimony, the words, the 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 process of what's going on. Here's here's what it says. I went to church when I was younger. However, it was more a routine. Thing for me. A lot of us can relate to that, can't we? Then after high school, I went to college and my main priority was playing tennis at Penn State and making the dean's list. After college, I was a tennis teaching pro and worked on the weekends while my husband watched the children. After 15 years, I then became a health and PE teacher and tennis coach for 24 years and spent my weekends doing lesson plans and housework. So you see, I did not give any time to God. Fast forward, we moved to Montana after I retired. I felt a void in my life. My sister was suggesting I look at some ministries online, and for about a year I was finding an interest to find God again. I found wonderful Christian neighbors in my development and attended some Bible studies, and I knew that I wanted Jesus Christ in my life. So I found Bridge Assembly, and my life has changed. The prayer challenge is the best thing that has happened to me. At first, I really did not know how to pray. It was not natural for me. I feel that I am getting better at it each day. Since this challenge started, I have reconnected with my son, who I have not talked to for many years. I prayed to God that I wanted to hear his voice, and after about two weeks of hard praying and sending some text messages, I got a call. And... All I did was cry through that first phone call. We have talked a few times since and will continue to reconnect. Also, this prayer challenge has made me feel closer to Jesus Christ. I feel an inner peace and a calmness within me. It has affected my morale and enthusiasm. I have an excitement to know Jesus Christ. I want to read the Bible every day. It brings me happiness. This prayer challenge was a blessing for me, and it will be a daily routine for me from now on. Jesus Christ is my Savior. What, what an incredible testimony, one that we need to celebrate, right? Um, if, if I could have said, hey, these are my goals for this 24 hour prayer or this this 7 this 50 day prayer challenge that we're doing this is these are going to be my goals if I would have laid those out beforehand that testimony just hit all those goals right so it's always it's always exciting when when somebody will send a testimony or share a testimony and it sums up all of those great things that that each one of us Each and every one of us can grab onto and and hold onto. Well, our testimony, is your testimony through this prayer challenge exactly the same? Absolutely not. But each one of us should have some sort of testimony. Because I know if you involved yourself in any way with this prayer challenge, you too have experienced something. If you took that that prayer challenge seriously and said, hey, I'm going to do this, even if it was I'm going to pray for five minutes a day and that was your goal and that was what you wanted to stick to and you, you pursued that, you have experienced something. You have learned something. You have been challenged with something. I am so confident in speaking that. Hopefully it was a positive experience However, we would be naive if we didn't accept the fact that there were probably some negative aspects we faced and encountered throughout this prayer challenge, right? We, we know that, that, that as much of the positive that we truly love, that there's a flip side of that and there can always be negative. Why? Because the depth of prayer always includes some, some hard stuff. That should never surprise us. When we go deeper with God, when we go deeper in prayer, when we, we follow the Spirit deeper, we're going to experience some, some hard stuff. We're going to experience some some negative stuff. That is not only a fact, that is also a good thing. Because it's in these times we come closer to God. Praying Praying prayers that, that seem to never get answered. You, you guys with me on this? Sometimes we just keep praying over and over and over and, and we don't see God moving in this area and we wonder why and it's, it's hard. And sometimes we're pondering relationships that we, we see no reconciliation in, right? Sometimes we, we pray years for that. Praying for unsaved. Or prodigal friends and family, only to see them continue in their same ways. Prayer is hard. Prayer is tedious. Prayer takes endurance. And maybe maybe for you it's it's much more personal. Maybe you prayed for specific things you deal with only to feel like that the battle gets even worse. It even gets harder as we continue to pray. Or maybe there was a sense of disappointment if you fell short of your commitment in your your prayer time and, and things like that. Maybe you, you, you entered this and you wrote down on there and you started out really strong and for two weeks you were going really good, but then it started to tail off and and now that we're at day 50, you're looking back and, and you're saying, man, I, I tried, but I didn't follow through. And, and, and there can be disappointment in that. Regardless of the individual highs or lows, it's important to take some time here on day 50 and, and uh, reflect and grow out of this prayer challenge. What have you learned that testimony, boy, there's a lot of learning going on there, right? There's a lot of watching God do some amazing things. But in there, there's there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of wisdom that was bestowed by the Holy Spirit and confirmed through the actions of God by answering prayers. It's amazing stuff. So we, always, we need to, to ponder back. We don't get to day 50 and say, hey, day 50 of the prayer challenge, it's also the, the first day of the year. Oh, Bridge Assembly's done that, let's just check the box on that and put it in the stack of things that we've accomplished and move forward, right? We don't want to do that. That is such a mistake when we treat our faith and we treat God's word in such a way. There's always things that we reflect on and say, what are the highs? What are the lows? What went good? What went bad? In myself, what have I learned? Where did I fall short? Where did I excel? How am I different? It's also important to share what God is showing you with those around you. Again, it's the highs and the lows. We've got to be able to be honest with those that are around us. What has God shown us? These are great things. These are challenging things. These are things I did well. These are things that I'm struggling with. I cannot say this enough, and that is that God is not done with any of us. He is not done with any of us in here, in this building, listening online today. The only time that we get to the point where God says, okay, I'm done with you, is the moment that we step into glory. And that only means that God is done with us here on this earth. And I've got a whole new adventure after that. So it's a mistake when we fall into that trap and we, we, we tend to think, well, I think God's done with me or. God can't use me anymore. Don't ever fall into the deception and and that trap. See, he continues to mold us. He continues to invest in us, to challenge us, and yes, to convict us, all with the same goal of making us more like Christ. Will 2023 be the year that you're a little bit more like Christ? Yeah, because it stacks on... 2022 and that was your same goal in 2022 and 2021 and 2020 and all the way back. The moment you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in and began to point to Christ and say, hey, I want to mold you and make you a little bit more like Christ. And it just stacks on each other year to year to year. It stacks, it builds, we gain that wisdom and that understanding and our identity comes to look a little bit more like Christ every year. Do not think that this coming year is going to be any different in terms of what God wants to accomplish in your life. God wants to grow us. And each one of us has a responsibility in this growth. If you know me, if you've attended... this church for very long. If you've listened to any of my messages, you know that I am big on saying that God can accomplish anything, but within our own faith, we have a stake in that, right? We have to align ourselves. We have to humble ourselves. We have to surrender. We have to open up ourselves to what God wants to do in each one of our lives. So yes, we have a great responsibility in the growth that God wants to grow us in. The Christian who tries to coast, they don't actually coast. Did you know that? Because the Christian who tries to coast goes nowhere. That's right. Except backwards. The only place they can go is backwards. Our responsibility in our growth has a lot to do with asking. Right? How many of you guys get in front of God with a whole bunch of questions? And I'm not talking about just questions of God, will you give me this? God, I really want this and, and things like that. And in and, and really it's it's not just the simplistic non involved type of prayer where we go to God and we say, God, will you will you grow me? That's pretty uh uninvolved, isn't it? It's like uh, there's not a lot of depth in that question. Yes, there's the, the, the basis of that question is important because we do desire for God to grow us, but it's like, all right, God, grow me. <laughs> and we go limp, and we expect God to do everything in the process because we don't want to do anything um, to help with that process, right? The deeper question that we need to be, asking um, are those questions that that lead us into deeper conversations with God and deeper revelations of what he's trying to impart to us. Look at Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 and 8. It says this, ask and keep on asking and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find, knock, and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be opened. When we read that, something jumps out to us. Number one, we need to ask. We need to keep on asking, right? We need to be be seeking. We need to be knocking. We need to be persistent in this right? Too many Christians will, will pray a prayer once, and then they're done. And they're like, well, I asked God for that and nothing happened. How many times did you ask him once? You ask him once? So you prayed once for that, and then you just moved on? Well, yeah, I prayed and nothing happened, so I, I figured it wasn't going to happen, so I so I moved on. That's not biblical according to, to this scripture. You know who said those words? Jesus. So Jesus says those words are They're pretty important. So there's a persistence in what we do. So we need to keep asking. We need to keep seeking. We need to keep knocking. Um, And then the person who keeps doing those things, they find. They, they, They keep knocking and it'll be open. We need to be persistent Christians in all that we do, right? We live in such an instant world. It's like, boy, I want that answer, and I want it now. And if I don't get that answer, I'm moving on to the next thing. And, and that's how we, we, we allow that to fall over into our faith. Unfortunately, God is a God who teaches us um, through many trials and tribulations, and in, he teaches us through that endurance. So God says, hey, keep it up. Keep asking. Keep praying. Keep seeking me. Keep doing it. Keep praying for that person. Keep praying for that hard situation. Don't give up because the answer could be tomorrow. It could be next week. You just never know God's wisdom in His timing. And let me tell you what, there's always wisdom in God's timing. So let's take, an, let's take this attitude that we're going to have endurance in the way we treat Him the way we pray, the way we talk to him. 50 days of prayer, is that really that much out of your lifetime, right? So you committed to 50 days of prayer, but does it end today? Do we say, okay, again, I did that challenge. What's the next thing? What's the next dog and pony show that we're going to do at Bridge? Can we do something fun like an eating challenge? something like that because we did the prayer thing and and, uh, and and we've done you know bible reading stuff and stuff like that can we get on to something different and new now every challenge or every thing that i that i say hey try this i don't mean for you to try it for a little bit and then give it up i mean for you to try it and make it a part of your lifestyle a part of your world see the biggest problem with asking and, and seeking and knocking. The biggest problem with that is it takes time and it takes effort. And frankly, we have a society that has evolved into a culture that doesn't always want to use our precious time and effort on something like growing our faith, right? There's so many other things that we could be doing. There's so many other things that, that, that want to take our time and our effort and everything like that. So do I really have to? Um, I got fire insurance, right? I, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior and that I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with him. Isn't that enough? Now can't I just go on with my life and do the fun stuff? You know, I did that. No. We pursue God. We pursue him on, on a daily basis. Do you, We tend to shy away from anything that takes time and effort, especially in our faith. Because, well, it seems like that would take so much time and so much effort, doesn't it? It Seems like such a a big thing. The second problem with asking and seeking and and knocking is, is really the danger in what we might find, right? I think we have a mindset of that. What, what was that way back when people people would say, "Oh, man, I don't, I don't want to pray. I don't want to pray about ministry. I don't want to pray about missions because what if God sent me to Africa? That'd be terrible, wouldn't it?" And we take this mindset that if we ask, seek, and knock, what might we actually find? What might God reveal in our lives? What might He 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 pr- position us to what doors might he open that's scary to us because because our agenda is the number one agenda right and what if God's agenda messes up my agenda so so we're, we're a little scared about that so that's that's really the second problem with asking and seeking and and knocking and that's a problem that we need to get beyond right that's our own problem Find what the Holy Spirit may show you. Spirit lead us. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you and show you. Again, you have the responsibility to seek that, and then once he shows you to walk in that, Christianity is very much a a participation sport, right? And I guess in that sense, if you're participating, we all do get a participation trophy in the end, right? It's called eternity, right? Right? But even in heaven, it's going to look a little different, right? It's not just we simply don't just get in. It's like God's going to reward us in different ways. So we seek the Holy Spirit and we ask, Holy Spirit, where are you leading me? What are you showing me? And please don't take these statements as as, uh, negative statements. When I say we're afraid, if we ask, seek, and knock, we're afraid of what we might find. That's not a negative statement. That's a, that's a, a negative behavior that we're, we're exerting, right? Because we should never fear what God has for us. When, amen, right? When we truly ask and seek God, no matter what we find, and no matter how challenging it is, and no matter how convicting it might be, or downright hard that it might be, if it comes from the Holy Spirit, which remember is always confirmed with Scripture, it is healthy, and it is beneficial, and it is good for you and your faith. A lot, a lot of us need to just adopt that mindset, because sometimes that keeps us from praying. You ever, you ever get in that prayer time and in, in the Holy Spirit starts leading you in your prayer time and everything's going great, and he's. Oh, so, praying for this person and praying for this situation. And it's like, yes. And all of a sudden you get to a point and the Holy Spirit's prompting you to pray for something. Maybe maybe that's deep within you that has to do with you. Right? And you get kind of fearful of that. right? Like, Man, okay. I'm okay praying with that person and that situation. And in that mission field way over here. God, I am totally good with that. Let's cut it short. Let's just say amen here because I don't really want to go into this other territory, because we have a a discombobulated idea of who God actually is. Remember, if it comes from the Holy Spirit, it's confirmed with the Scriptures, it's healthy, beneficial, and good for you, and it will help grow you in your faith. See, if we fear going down those ways, that means even in our faith, we're seeking a lifestyle of happiness, right? We just wanna be happy all the time. We want, we want rainbows and unicorns all the time. Well, I would say this, if you want happy, go eat a taco. Tacos make you happy, right? I love tacos. Man, every time, it's like, Amy will ask, hey, what do you want for supper, tacos? We just had tacos. I can have tacos twice a week, and I'd be good. Because tacos are wonderful. Tacos make me happy. Tacos don't require anything of me, right? Tacos can look differently. If, if I get a little tired of this taco, I don't have to stick with that. I don't have to endure with that same old taco. I could change it up. I could switch the meat. I could switch, you know, the, the kind of salsa. I could, I could even do a soft taco. I could even do a flat taco, which I think they call a out See, there's all these options to eat tacos. Everybody's getting, we should have had a taco meal today, right? I wish I'd have, I'd have thought of that. All we're going to feed you is bread and juice at the end. Tacos make you happy, but they don't require anything of you, and they don't really make you better, do they? Holy Spirit, on the other hand, does require things of you. Holy Spirit requires your, your time, your effort, your endurance. Because the Holy Spirit wants to change you. The so Holy Spirit doesn't want to grant you happiness simply to be happy. If you want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then we need to be putting in some time and some effort. We need to be asking we need to be seeking we need to be knocking that that's the problem with with like a memorized um, repetitive prayer right you know you got this so memorized that's a taco prayer right it's just like oh that that makes me happy because I spent time in prayer no you didn't He recited some memorized words there was no deep connection there was no it's holy spirit involvement there was no leading of the holy spirit The best prayers are when we're stripped down to nothing and we're crying out to God and we don't even have the right words to say. And we screw those prayers up so bad. We're praying for somebody or a situation. We don't even get their name right. I think God says, Man, I love this because you're so passionate right now and you're so deep into it. You forgot the name. I can switch the name. I got you covered there. But what I like is your heart. So we skip those repetitive taco prayers. And we seek and we ask and we knock and we get on our knees and it gets bare bones and and God begins to do stuff in our lives and the Holy Spirit begins to change us. And we need to be accepting the challenges and embracing the convictions that come with what we find in those circumstances. It's a good thing. It's a good thing when you're uh, heartbroken in prayer time. It's a good thing when you feel smashed down in your prayer time. It's a good thing when you feel like you're loaded down with nasty baggage in your prayer time. Because those are the times we can offload all of that to God. And He grabs us and He takes us into a place that He's been wanting to take us for so, so long. I have four questions that you need to make a point of asking. If you have a bulletin today, I even gave you a spot where you can write those four questions down so you don't forget them and these are great questions that each one of us should probably be be asking Four questions that that potentially can change your life and strengthen your faith and I don't care how old you are I don't care how long you've been a Christian I don't care how long you've been going to church, these four questions will open your eyes and and really piggyback off what we have learned over the last 50 days of this prayer challenge. You guys want to know the four questions? Let me show them to you, and then we'll maybe go in a little bit deeper on each of them. Question number one. It's a great question. What can I learn about God? See, sometimes when we become a Christian and we get into our routines, sometimes we, forgot, we forget to, to keep asking this question. When we're, when we're new, Amen. we're just brand new, born again believer. It's like, man, I want to learn everything about this, this Jesus. I want to learn everything about God, man. He's my best friend now. Look what he's done for me. I want to know so much about him. And, and, and then the time goes by and we, we tend to start forget, forgetting that we need to be asking this question. Question number two, what can I learn about others? That's a great question, right? Because now all of a sudden it's not just about God because God always says, yeah, I want you to know about me. I want you to seek me. But it's important to also learn about others. What's the great commandment? Love God and love others, Right? So we seek God and learn about him, but we're also to learn about others because when we learn about other people, their situations, their circumstances, it begins to change us as well. Right? And maybe that's the, the little um, catalyst that causes us to, to go deeper with the Holy Spirit. Number three, this is the hard one. What can I learn about myself? How many of you guys pray that prayer? <laughs> Not too often, right? because I know everything about myself. And everything I don't know about myself, I don't want to know about myself, right? And then, of course, number four. Number four is actually a vital one, too, as well. What can I learn about this world? And we've, I've had messages about, you know, being the, the, the ostrich-style Christian, right? We stick our head in the sand, and we pretend nothing else is going on in this world, and, and we're happy in our little church building. Because the world is on the outside and we're on the inside. We feel safe here. And, and as long as I plug my ears and, and, and worship loud enough, the world can't affect me, right? And I don't need to know what's going on in the world. But I don't know that that's a biblical truth. I don't know if that's, that's what Jesus actually wants from us. Simple questions, aren't they? But profound answers, Profound answers only if you open yourself up, if you seek the Holy Spirit, and if you allow God to tear down some of those walls. Anybody in here have no walls put up? Right? Tacos distract us from all the walls that we put up in our lives. I am getting so hungry. I really am. Why did I ever talk about tacos, right? So let's break this down just a little bit. Let's look at our first question. What can I learn about God? Right on the surface, in so many ways, that seems like an audacious and overwhelming question, doesn't it? What can I learn about God? Isn't God unknowable? Right, but we we take that theology and think, well, God's unknowable, so I shouldn't even pursue Him at all. There is so much that God reveals to us. Right, we can never know the enormity and the, the just the hugeness of God. We we can't comprehend that our brain isn't big enough. But there's so much that he has revealed to us that he wants us to know. And that's all about the the personal relationship that we have with Jesus, right? That that transfers into knowing the Father more. And, and, and really convening and walking with and, and uh, every day being with the Holy Spirit. So though that question can seem overwhelming and huge, um, the Holy Spirit comes along and says, hey, let me walk with you and let me help you in this. Let me, let me counsel you and let me educate you in so much of this. Because God desires us to know him. He wants us to know him. Will we ever know everything about God? Absolutely not, but there's a lot of him that we can get to know, and it comes in a personal way, right? Now, you could, and many have taken, say, a scientific or a historical route here, and they, they, want, to, they want to know God in a historical context or a, a maybe even a scientific context. And I believe that, that, that there is an ability to do both of those things, right? Um, science attests to God. There's no doubt about that. Um, there is very much a, a historical account of God especially of Jesus Christ right there's more history there's more of a historical account of Jesus Christ than really anybody else who has ever lived that's that's just a fact that's something that atheists don't want to admit but they have to admit because it's there it's proof so you can take that that route and and, and I want to get I want to learn more about God and we we take it in that direction but that direction is so impersonal see the biggest effect in your life is going to come when you learn about who God is and about his attributes together with him right so so in any case i could mike i could i could learn about you by talking to other people right i could you know some of the old people that you used to work with I could go talk to them and learn about you. I could find your old army guys, right? And I could, hey, you remember Mike Carroll? Be like, what? Is he even still around? Guy's got to be like 80 years old by now. But I could learn about you in all sorts of ways by talking to other people. And I'm going to learn about you. And I'm going to say, hey, I know about Mike. Um, This person... Talk about Mike this way, and I wrote this down because this person said it. Family, friends, enemies. I can learn so much about you from talking to other people. But I will never truly know you until I sit down with you and have a conversation with you. Walk shoulder to shoulder with you. Actually converse with you in a personal way. That is how I truly get to know you. So when we ask, man, let's let's see what can I learn about God, we don't just go to other people. Man... I can go to Charmaine and say, hey, hey, tell me about God in your life. And she is going to get so excited. And after four hours, I'm going to be like, Charmaine, I, I got to go. But this was awesome. And, I, and I'm going to take that in, and I'm going to be blessed because she's sharing her testimony. And that's a wonderful thing, and I can celebrate that with her. But God doesn't sit back and say, oh, now that you know everything about me through Charmaine, you're good. He doesn't do that because through that he wants me to have that personal relationship with him. Too too many times we live off somebody else's testimony, don't we? Oh, did you hear about what God did in so-and-so's life? No, but I'd like to hear what God's doing in your life, right? Because that's important. So we ask the question to ourselves, hey, in 2023, what can I learn about God? And he opens it up. He opens himself up to us. He opens himself up to us through the Word, through Scripture, through the Bible. Every time you read the Bible and you pray before you start reading, right? We always pray, Holy Spirit, illuminate this Word to me. Help me to understand it. Reveal yourself in this Word. Every time we read the Word, we, we learn more about God. It, it, it begins to answer this question, what can I learn more about God? Get in the Scripture, you're going to learn all sorts of great things. It also happens through our time in prayer, doesn't it? We get in prayer, and again, it's not a repetitive, happy taco prayer. It's a deep, personal prayer. and God God begins to reveal himself, and, and that's really the Holy Spirit begins to work in your prayer life, revealing who Jesus is, pointing to the Father, showing you these great things. And then in our quietness, quietness is an amazing thing. Unless you're a baby, then you should just speak it out. Because I believe God loves that little voice in his house. There's no doubt about it. But I'm talking about sometimes throughout the week, we're so consumed and busy, and there's so much noise. We went to New York City one time, and and man, I didn't love it in New York City. The thing I didn't love was the constant noise. There's just always car horns and sirens and mechanical things and car, I mean, it's just, it's all the time, and then there's lights all the time, and it's never quiet. It's just never quiet. I like quietness. I like to go fly fishing by myself because it 's quiet and i can I can have quiet time because when I get away from the noise of this world, the voice of God gets louder so i can I can learn a lot about god when i when I remove myself and I go to the quiet places, and maybe that's just your prayer closet, man, maybe that's the shower, maybe that's in your car, you turn off all the radios and all the music, and you just have that quiet. And then, of course, in our meditation, right? Um, <clears throat> meditation is important because meditation is us not, it's, it's part of prayer, right? Meditation is part of prayer, but meditation is the time that we shut up long enough that God speaks, and we can actually hear it. So, so meditation is super important because it's like, oh God, what can I learn about you? Lord, show me, show me about you, show, and he's just going, if you'd shut up, I would. So sometimes we just need to be a little quiet, we need to meditate on the word, what we just read, we don't just read scripture and be done with it like we're reading a novel, right? We, we meditate on it, we marinate on that, and, 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 and we say, okay, God, speak to me, help me to hear me to have that quietness so that I can learn more. And let me tell you this, it's gonna take time and it's gonna take effort. If you have a desire to learn more about God, you have to be willing to take the time and put in the effort to do so. Alright, right, let's, let's look at that second question. What can I learn about others? Interestingly enough, through that testimony I shared, though we don't know who that person was, I know who that person was, but I'm gonna tell you who that person was. We don't have to know exactly who that person was, but we learned more about that person. Somebody in here got radically just touched through these 50 days. That's something that we get excited about and and celebrate, and and we need to open ourselves up a little bit wider to, to other people. And say, man, just tell me, listen. Sometimes when you're in a conversation with somebody, um, you don't always have to be the one talking. And I know that's going to be a challenge for some in here. Just put a taco in your mouth. Chew it up and listen. Listen. We need to be able to sit and listen. And, and sometimes when we're, when we're in a conversation, and, and even if it's a God conversation, and this person's saying, hey, this is what God did in my life, in our brain we're trying to figure out what we're going to say in response because we got to have at least that much or we're going to look worse. What's God doing in your life? Well, I'm not really listening. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say in response, right? Well, who cares what you're going to say in response? Celebrate what's going on. We need to learn... More about others. See, the biggest opposition that you will face here is really your own selfishness and your pride. Because most of the time, most of the time, we're okay praying for others, but we don't necessarily want to know more about that person, right? Praying's the easy part, right? I can pray for others. That's impersonal, really, right? It's a lot harder to pray with others, right? and then to actually dig deep and to to have a conversation with others. See, I believe God desires to not only prompt us to pray for others, but he also wants to show us the deep reasons we are being led to pray for those people, right? Oh, I need to pray this for so-and-so. Why? What's going on in their lives? I don't know. I don't care. Well, pray. But maybe you need to know more. Because the more you know, the more you're going to be prompted to pray more passionately. See, that is a burden upon us that causes us a burden to pray more, right? We need those burdens in our life. The old adage says something like, if you if you want to know about someone, walk a mile in their shoes, right? That's, that's a pretty good adage. There's a lot to that. And maybe that's true. But if you want to know someone's heart, the Holy Spirit will be surprisingly faithful here. But we gotta ask those questions, and sometimes we don't want to ask those questions because we don't always want to know the answers, because we have some selfishness and some some pride that, 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 that's in there. Combine that with a, a genuine conversation with that person, and and really surprising things can happen. But again going to take some time and some effort but when we put in that time and that effort we start to see that person in a whole new light don't we maybe it's somebody you don't really like maybe it's somebody that you've you've made a decision about well that person's just this or that why don't you have a conversation with them and see if that's truly what that's all about the Holy Spirit just nudges you Don't you so glad that the Holy Spirit isn't the type that always says, I told you so? (laughs) Ah, That's all we'd hear. Holy Spirit, I told you so. Oh gosh, I don't want to even hear it anymore. But he doesn't do that, right? He doesn't do that. He said, now let's take that and move on and learn from that. All right, third question. What can I learn about myself? Now I predict that this is going to be the most challenging of the four questions right here. It's going to be the hardest one, simply because we really have to push the limits on this one. Have you ever asked God to show you things about yourself? Have you truly asked that? Probably not, because we really want to go there simply because we expect that what, if we ask that question, Holy Spirit, show me about myself. Teach me about myself. Our, our automatic assumption is that God's going to point out a bunch of negative things to us. Isn't, isn't that just the truth? We expect it because most of the time in God's eyes we think very, very lowly of ourselves. However, we're created in God's image. That's right. Sort that one out. So we expect the worst when we approach God in such a manner. But really, is that the God we serve? Even in his conviction, there is always love and there's always encouragement, isn't there? See, condemnation points out all your faults and says, those are your faults and that's where you are and that's all you're ever going to be. That's condemnation. Conviction, the Holy Spirit comes in and says, hey, Charlie... Here's a few things that we could work on. Are you up to the task? Because I'm here with you. Charlie, I'm here with you. We can... I use Charlie because he's like a saint, and we all know Charlie's like, <laughs> like, I mean, he's next to, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but even in God's conviction, even in that Holy Spirit conviction, there's so much love and so much encouragement, and it's a help. Right? It's a you may be here, but let's take you to somewhere else. And there's a very big difference. See, man will always will always condemn, but the Holy Spirit convicts. One brings death and one brings life. One of the greatest tragedies of our modern culture is this insatiable hunger to live someone else's life. Right, and we do this through reality shows and social media posts and and, and through movies and through the media. And the ironic part of it is, for the most part, all of that stuff is fake. It's all fake. So the standard that so many people aspire to is is a false standard. And and the effects from that are, are catastrophic. Why are so many people, young people, suffering from chronic depression and anxiety? It's because they long to live a life that has been scripted and filmed under idealistic circumstances. And then they look at their own life, and it's not even close to that. And now they become depressed because that's what they think the standard of life actually is. And it's all just a a huge lie. It's all all false. But when we ask God, and we truly ask Him what we can learn about ourselves, see, He opens the door to the greatest adventure that we can know on this earth. And we begin to become confident in who we are. And though our life may look very different from this person's life, we know that God is in our life, so that it is good, and there's great things happening. And, and a funny thing happens: our our uh, our standards begin to change, our desires begin to change. We begin to adopt God's desires and God's standards within our own life and then we see the silliness of social media and reality TV shows and movies and the media and and the Hollywood lifestyle that, that shows everybody glamorous but actually their lives are horrible, they're horrific. Because they don't have Christ. And and, and all this begins to change. And, and it all starts when we adopt this question. What can I learn about myself? God, what can I learn about myself? Point things out. God, show me. What can I learn? And we don't fear that question. But we understand that the true adventure of this life is knowing who we are in Him. It's pretty awesome stuff, isn't it? Tacos can never... Never stack up to that. It's great stuff. Fourth question. What can I learn about this world? Questioning the reality of this world is, is a vital part of understanding the greatness of God. Right. So the more we question the reality of this world, the more we begin to see how great God actually is. I am in this world, but I am not of this world, right? Um, Most of us as Christians take the back half of that question. I'm not of this world. I'm not of this world. And we turn a blind eye. But the first part, I am in this world. I am in this world. So there's a lot that this world can teach me, right? There's a lot that God can point out by using the examples of this world. See this world is trying its hardest to distract you and to lead you into a permanent state of deception. And God's saying open your eyes people look around. If it seems the world has gone crazy it's because too many people have been distracted and brought into this deception. The thing about asking this fourth question is that the more the Holy Spirit answers this question, the more you realize just how completely upside down and messed up this world actually is. Amen. And the more you begin to realize and understand just how perfect God is. Just how valuable His wisdom actually is. Just how how e- huge his love for us actually is. Just how enormous the sacrifice that the cross actually was. The beauty of the resurrection, the power of the ascension, and the longing for his return. See, when we when we ask questions and we, we want to learn more about this world, not because we want to adopt the ways of this world, but so that we can see how badly sin has wrecked this world, it grows our faith. Our realization of who God is, it just gets compounded and, and multiplied. There's been so many people, scientists, physicists, historians, um, journalists that have set out to prove that God is not real. And through that, they, they ask questions and and they focus on this world and a crazy thing happens the more they study the world the more it points to God and so many so many of these scientists and and journalists and mathematicians and and they've 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 actually come to a a very deep faith in God Because the world points to God. So so we need to be asking that question. What can I learn about this world? These are four questions. I hope you wrote them down. I I hope there are four questions that you'll be asking. Questions that you're going to incorporate into your your prayer life. And and, and it's not just like, ooh, I'm going to ask these four questions real quick and move on. Maybe it take several days, maybe you take a month, maybe you take a week, whatever, and you, you focus on one of those questions, and you really do a deep dive into that question, and, and you really allow God to to show you, and then you, you, you compound that right, you add on to that, you move on from that, and God begins to change you and transform you. Gosh, that sounds like that would take some time and some effort, doesn't it? And that's what God's saying. God's saying, man, I'm worth that time, and I'm worth that effort. And maybe this should be our challenge for 2023, right? Maybe you should just keep this card, put it somewhere, put it in your Bible, and, and keep that. Ask, seek, knock over and over again. These are questions. If, if every year you change just a little bit, and, and we do, we change a little bit because we're, we're, we learn more, we're subjected to more things. We've walked through different situations. So, so each year we're a little bit of a different person, right? So we need to learn more about us. The people around us are changing. We need to learn more about them. The world is definitely changing. We need to continue to learn more about that. God never changes. But we can never know everything about Him. So I think all four of these questions have merit. Merit. And again, if you accept this challenge, informal challenge, I'm going to tell you it's going to cost you a lot of time. It's going to cost you a lot of effort. But the rewards, the rewards will be tremendous. They're going to be tremendous. If in, let's see, when did I get that testimony? I got that testimony earlier in the week. So it wasn't even 50 days. It was not even 50 days. In that short amount of time... God did something radical in somebody in here at Bridge. God did that. And it didn't even take that long. And not only did God do something radical in that person, He did something radical in in a relationship that that person has. So obviously God is working in that other person as well. And it all came together with prayer. Prayer that took time. And prayer that took effort. Prayer that took commitment. And those rewards are life-changing. Knowing more about God, about others, about yourself, and about this this world, it'll shake your life up. It will completely shake your life up. And I, I feel like 2023 needs to be the year, especially for us here at Bridge. It needs to be the year where we... We say, okay, God, I've been so focused on doing things a certain way. And they've been successful to a point. But what is the new way? What are the new ministries that we need to be extending? How can we um, uh, react and, and cultivate relationships with people outside of the church? What is, how can you take our mindset of the church and ministry and totally expand that? What if we take that attitude? Well, a lot of the four questions help us to understand the things that we could and should be doing to be more effective. Because the things that were effective at Y two K in churches, they're no longer that effective anymore. Even mega churches are starting to to uh, to struggle because the lights and the concert-style worship, people are just getting used to that. And, and, and it's not holding a lot of, of depth and value, right? So even that ministry mode, hey man, if we had the professional musicians and, and singers and, and the best preacher, and we had a huge building, and we had a, a Starbucks, two Starbucks in our lobby, and after every service on the way out, people got a taco. And everybody would come, and that worked for a while. But but people are saying, but but isn't there more to this whole Jesus thing? So what can we do in our own mindset to get us out of our ruts, even our successful ruts? Because there's a whole lot of people in this community that don't know Jesus. How might that look? I would be interested to hear um, your ideas on that and say, hey, Pastor, you ever think about this? Pastor, I was just thinking, I don't know if it was me, the Holy Spirit, or the taco I had last night, but I feel like God showed me this. Well, let's talk about that. How crazy could we get for ministry? Think about Jesus' ministry. Flat out crazy. I'm going to walk around. I'm just going to walk around and talk to people about myself and my Father. Oh, and I'm going to make the, 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 the authorities mad. I'm going to say things that, that is going to completely break people's hearts, and others are going to get so angry, and uh, eventually they're going to get so mad they're going to kill me, but that's that's, that's what I feel like I need to do, right? That was craziness. And then the early church hits, right? We just went through the book of Acts. How flat out crazy was all of those things? That was unconventional. That was so unconventional. Paul knew it. Paul knew how unconventional that was. He knew it in his heart. He knew it in his brain, and he physically knew it from all the broken bones and beatings and things like that. But it changed the world, didn't it? Sometimes I think we sit in church and we don't, we don't do a lot of world-changing because we're stuck in the church mode. So how could things look different? What would that look like? I'll tell you this, if we go down that path as individuals and as a church... We're going to find direction in this, and it's going to bring a whole lot of excitement into our lives because the most exciting thing we can be doing is working for Jesus. New territories, new places, new atmospheres, new people. And who doesn't want that? But I have to warn you to be aware and guard yourself against the dangers and the pitfalls if you want to embark on these type of challenges. Because you see apathy, and ease, and selfishness, and pride, and fear, and self-doubt—they're going to be lurking at every corner, waiting to derail you. I think if uh, if I wanted to tell any any people that were be- going to become pastors or missionaries in any way, if I was going to tell them anything, I would say be careful. Be careful at what lurks around the corners because self-doubt and fear and pride and selfishness and ease and apathy, they're going to try to redirect you at every step. It's so easy to fall into, isn't it? Set yourself firm. And remember, God is not done with you. And remember, the Holy Spirit is with you. Uh, Worship team, you guys want to? want to come up there's a lot to maybe think about in this message like I said I had no idea what this message was going to look like um, until I really prayed and sat down and and honestly with this one I just kind of let my fingers start and, and God just started revealing he started revealing he started revealing and And out comes a message like this, but I think it's a message maybe that we can grab onto. Again, it's by your choice, it's by your decision. It's you deciding how much time and effort that you wanna put into this. It's your willingness to ask these four questions and pursue these four questions. It's your longing to say, hey, maybe my church box has become a little small and it's confining me a little too much. Maybe I need to knock those walls down and, and branch out a little bit. And that's really what today is. And, and I wanted to end in, in communion with this message and start the year off with communion. So we're going to sing a song. As we sing that song, come on up, grab your elements, hold them. We serve an open communion here. We just, you know, the requirement really is to be a born-again believer. And that puts you in the church, the big sea church, and that's all of us. And and we come together in communion and we share that. So as we sing this song, listen to the words, sing along, grab your elements, take them, hold them, we'll come back together and we'll we'll share in this time. Amen. Amen. We outlasted our song. Did everybody get served? That wants to. I have such a wonderful spot during communion that I get to just stand right there and watch people come up, and and we got a touchy church. Everybody like touches. It's awesome. Just pat on the back or elbows, or and then they they're not afraid to speak in communion line while they're waiting, and that's that's not a bad thing. It can just be that connection that. You know, communion is so much about connection, isn't it? It's us connecting with God. It's us connecting with others. And that's an important thing. So um, I love that about our church that we, that we have that. We need to cultivate that and keep that going. But no matter how much we connect with each other, if we're not connecting with God, it's all for naught, isn't it? And part of communion is just that. It's our acknowledgement and it's our celebration of of really what Jesus accomplished he is our messiah his name is above all names all of those things we are here today we are who we are today because of him right and his invitation in corinthians 1 corinthians chapter 11 paul paul comes back with instruction and really he comes into this because um, there was a lot going on in the, the Corinthian church that that wasn't a good thing and they were they were doing a lot of things out of error out of pride out of selfishness out of deception out of apathy out of out of all of those things and and Paul comes in and he he uh, re corrects them right he, he says you know you're over here but you need to be over here and and it serves as a great reminder for each one of us and 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 he writes just this amazing um, passage in, in chapter 11 verses 23-26 through 26. And, and we really use it for communion because it's so appropriate for us now and it says this for I received from the Lord what I also deliver to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. How amazing is that that we get to to start out 2023, on New Year's Day, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes celebrating his sacrifice and shouting out about the new covenant how amazing is that that we get to gather together here and do this with each other I think it's a wonderful thing and it's a great way to begin our year so we take the bread and in remembrance of him in remembrance of what he did the fact that he came as a baby in a manger he lived a life he He taught, He preached, He touched so many lives. But then He allowed His body, and we have to know that He allowed His body to be broken, to be hung on the cross, and to die for us. We do this in remembrance of that. We can never forget the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Father, thank You so much for Your Son and His obedience to You. The fact that He loved You. And he loved us so much that he was willing to sacrifice himself so that, Father, you and I could have a relationship. No longer death, but of life. Go ahead and take your bread. And we have this juice, and we celebrate the new covenant. This juice is a symbol of that new covenant, the new blood that we're under. No longer are we under the law that that we could never live up to. We could have never lived up to the law. It never would work. But because of Jesus, we are not condemned by the law, but we are redeemed by the blood. And the new covenant that we live under invites all into his church all people no matter race color creed no matter past sins no matter um, standing in the community no matter last names no matter where they live they are all welcome into the church under the new covenant that is to be celebrated Because of the new covenant, we have a personal relationship with Christ. We have the Holy Spirit within us to guide us and to lead us and to help us ask these four questions and find answer into those. Father, once again, we celebrate the new covenant. And Lord God, in 2023, here's my simple prayer for 2023. Knock the walls down to the boxes that we've erected in our faith just knock them down get us out of our comfort zone and show us that new adventure that you have waiting for us we proclaim Jesus Christ until he comes Lord I pray pray a blessing upon this this body upon this congregation Lord God all that you have been doing all the years leading up to this day Lord God, bring that all together. Move people with ambition and excitement. Give us clear ears to hear your direction. Because Lord, we don't want to play church. We want to be the church. We don't want to talk about the world. We want to touch the world. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the love of Jesus, And by the awesome wisdom of the Father, I am believing that we can do just that. We pray all this in our King, our Savior, our Lord, the Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the Bright and Morning Star, Jesus Christ. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Grab hold of this new year and do the things that God wants you to do. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.